How's it going, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of In the Rough. My name is Jamie. I'm joined today with my co-host, Ed. How's it going, Ed? It is going. How's it going with you? You know, it's going pretty good. Had a great dinner, sipping on some bourbon. Work isn't doing too bad. And I was able to play golf this weekend. I think you did as well. And I did. Um, how'd you do? Do you mind me asking? Uh, you know, if it was my first round out of the season, I would have been very happy with it. Unfortunately, it was not the first or the second rounds. It was probably my sixth. I shot a solid 90, so I guess I'm still employed on this podcast because I still suck. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, at yeah. the end of the day, I went out. I had some fun. It was cold as balls when I went out. I think when I teed off, it was about 48 degrees. Oof. But by the end of the rounds, it was up in uh, in about the high 50s. I actually played the entire 18 with two others that I got paired up with mm-hmm. in just under two and a half hours. We played freaking fast. Uh, yeah, that's pretty quick. Yeah, but you know, even a yeah. bad day on the course is better than a good day at work. So Very true, very too true. Much. You know, um, I was able to go out and um, I I had a very similar score to you. I'm not going to say it out loud, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't great. But I, I did impress myself a few times um, on not once, but twice. I was able to play through a foursome and I was able to actually drive the ball dead middle just piped it straight down the middle onto the fairway. And I'm thinking to myself, I am going to kill it today. Yeah. It did not end up working that way. The first time, first time I piped it down the middle, sliced it straight into the woods. Uh, it was awful. You but, know, I w- go ahead. Go. So I will say when I was out there, the trees were very much my fans because there were two or three shots that I hit straight into the trees, hit a branch, bounced right out into the middle of the fairway. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't even make it up. And the funniest thing is, obviously, you remember when we were down in Miami on that golf trip, mm-hmm. how bad my slice was, don't you? It was, it, it was bad. I'm not going to lie. So no joke. Dog leg right. Dog leg started at about 180 yards, so very drivable. And the green, I want to say, was – a total of 350 yards and we were up on a hill. So a good driver shot, you're on the green. Oh yeah. So I, I aimed a little bit to the left to account for my slice, which should have brought it right around the dog leg. I no joke hit a piss rocket dead straight ground oh. level, literally hit the ground, bounced over a sand trap right into the woods. Never seen again. Damn. I literally sat there just holding my head in shame. And the guy behind me goes, you know, you've sliced every other tee shot today and now you decide to hit it straight. Yeah, that's how it works. Be right back while I go drown myself in that lake. (laughs) Oh, uh, get get this. Um, I'm playing one of my favorite courses. Uh, It's called Champions uh, Champions Club back in my hometown. And I'm at the ninth hole. And I'm waiting for this foursome to clear, clear the fairway so I can, you know, tee up. And this guy comes up and he, and I'm not sure what possessed him to say this because I, I was taken back by it because I know he didn't see me hit at all. He comes up to me. He says, you know, you can actually hit. I don't think you're going to hit them. And I look back at him and I'm like, 
you know what? If it's okay with you, I'm just going to wait unless you want to play through. He goes, no, no, you do you, man. As soon as the people clear, tee up again. I'm not sure what, like, I, I don't know if you remember, but in the first episode, I said the, the worst bat, the worst club in my bag was my driver. I have been working on that thing forever, trying to redeem myself with a driver. And it's been paying off. I pipe it again, right down the middle. I get a fantastic bounce. I probably get it around 250, get a fantastic bounce, ends up traveling a little bit more, probably 20, 30 yards. Actually, out, it goes past the fairway. It almost lands into the creek that separates the fairway from the green. I look back at the guy, and he, and he just shakes his head, gives me a thumbs up, goes straight back to his cart. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Shut your mouth. Yeah, so actually, I did hit the driving range earlier before filming this too, just to kind of get myself in that mental state. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are slicers out there, I actually found something that helped me significantly. And I will post this on the Instagram later for all of you to watch and learn. But basically, to make sure that you're gripping the club in the most natural of ways, take the club and put it at your side. So still resting the club head as it should be. But then just kind of slide your hand and let it, let the club naturally fall into your fingers. Then from there, address your thumb straight ahead as you normally would. Bring the club up to 90 degrees in front of you and then address your second hand. If you're like me and you notice that your thumb's always on the back side of the club, you'll notice now that it's actually over the top of the club, if not wrapped around. And no joke, my shots were significantly better across the board. Even my driver, I was hitting piss rockets all day with it. Just dead straight rockets. So this somehow just helped me out so much. Now, it's, it's crazy how small, small adjustments can really transform your swing. I know. It's absolutely insane. But you know what else could really transform your swing? What's Some that? New clubs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, club manufacturers pushing out new products every year just absolutely amazes me. I, uh, I find it interesting just to see what these guys claim. And it's also – it's. It looks, these new clubs look amazing. Don't get me wrong. It makes me want to go out and buy these only because I, I like the new and shiny. Just, that's just who I am. But I'm in no way delusional in believing that these new clubs are the answer to me playing better. I mean, I feel that um, possibly after a while, a year or two playing with your clubs, you're going to get a little bit more confident, uh, a little better. You're going to need to upgrade because – you're going to swing faster. You're going to swing better. And it's only appropriate for you to get fitted. Well, hopefully we can talk about that a little bit. Fitted for a club that fits your exact needs. I completely agree. And going back to club manufacturers pushing out new products every year, you have to remember that technology is always evolving. And so is the science behind the swing of a club. So whether it be trying to get more or less flex out of your shaft or even the club face. I want to say it was about two years ago with the tailor-made M series drivers. I believe this started on the M3 and M4 series, if I'm not mistaken. But the club face was actually slightly warped to help account for your swing to counteract your slice. Hmm. And I know a lot of people were like, finally a club that'll fix it. 
But no, at the end of the day, if you can't hit a driver, you can't hit a driver. And going on to your point about being fitted, I find it absolutely hilarious. When you go to Dick's Sporting Goods, Golf Galaxy, whatever your golf superstore is, and you're on the simulator and you're, and you're cranking these balls. Every swing on the, on the simulator is dead straight, 200 yards, 300 yards. You're sitting there walking out of there going, I hit 310. I'm the big man on the course right now. And then the second that you actually get that club in your hands, you either top it and hit it five feet or you slice it 70 yards to the right. Huh. So it just goes to show you that the new clubs don't really help your swing and they don't fix your slice. No, they, they, they really don't. I mean, fitting. Um, so for the, uh, for our listeners, I actually was fitted for my irons and I found out something extremely interesting with, with the fitting process. I have always suffered from a little bit of a slice, anything from five to 10 yards offline. And it wasn't until I got fitted when a, uh, you know, the, cl- the club fitter told me, and he's like, do me a favor, look down at your divot. And he explained that before the point of impact, the toe of my club would hit the ground first, would bring the club slightly more open, bring it so it would open up the face. And it would pretty much, that was the reason why I was doing that five to 10 yard slice. And from then on, what he did was he got me a club. Uh, we ended up measuring that I needed a club with a two, two degrees more upright. He put that in there. We got a right shaft for me, and I was doing straight, as you would say, was it piss rockets? Yes, yes, yes. Those piss low, rock- those low fast drives that you just sit there and go, "Damn, look at me." Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, as it was love at first swing. I. Cr- I got it square, dead middle of the, uh, the sweet spot. And I was like, all right, wrap it up. Let's do it. Let's pay, um, like, take my money. I'm good. You know, for a second there, I thought you were about to say that you cried after you hit it that well. I was about to say that is some real dedication. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I didn't cry, but I'm not not saying that. <laughs> okay. You know what? You do you. That's all I can say. So now I got to ask, because you brought up the story about your clubs getting fitted, what is in your bag? All right. Um, so um, let's start with the big dog first, the driver. So I hope no one judges me too much. Um, this manufacturer has a reputation, and I'll just come out and say it. I have a PXG Gen 2 driver at nine degrees. I have a uh, stiff flex shaft. I believe it's a Fujikara. Pretty sure Fuji, whatever it is, butchering the name, apologize. But yes, I have a PXG. Um, I was able to get it at a great deal. I actually, true story, I ordered a Gen 1 and they gave me a Gen 2. And who am I to, you know, not accept what they gave me? I ain't saying nothing. Um, for my, th- and I, so for, let's go down to three wood. I have a Callaway XR 16 that, that club I bought straight off the rack. And let me tell you, I freaking love that thing. I really do. It does everything I need to need it to do and more. Uh, I am dreading the day that I have to get rid of it. And I feel like I might 
that that day might come soon. I just looked my last round on a Saturday. Uh, the feral on my club is actually starting to come up and I'm not sure how much longer it's going to stay intact. So it's either I, uh, I have it repaired or I end up getting a new club. I haven't decided yet, but I'm going to keep playing until, you know, until, until it comes off really. Um, next in the bag is my, um, my hybrid, my Callaway Rogue. This is an actual replacement. Uh, I had the Callaway XR Steelhead. I freaking love that thing so much. Um, unfortunately, the shaft started cracking. I, I contacted Callaway. They said, just, uh, just send it on it. They told me to go to Dick's Sporting Goods. They shipped it. I thought they were just going to give me another steelhead. They ended up giving me the Rogue. Wasn't 100% happy with it. I'm still feeling it out. Not, I, I just can't get a feel for it. It does what I need it to do, but it's just, it's not the same. It's not the same feel as a steelhead. Um, next on the list. So the irons that I got fitted for, I actually got fitted uh, with PXG. Um, so I actually got the O211s. They're a little bit more budget friendly. And before anyone says anything, the PXG brand, when they first came out in 2016, they were a little unobtainable for the majority of golfers out there. A set of irons costs twenty-five dollars to $3,000, just the irons. Now that you know they've been in the market a little bit, I feel like they now realize not everyone has that kind of money. So the, the clubs have gone down a little bit, and now the clubs are actually on par with most club manufacturers. So I got the PXG 0211s. Again, a little bit more budget-friendly. I got that through a four through pitching wedge. Um, again, uh, two, uh, bent two degrees upright. The shaft is a true temper, uh, 95, uh, gram shaft. Love it. Stiff shaft. I, uh, I'm not going to be replacing that anytime in the near future. I'm going to play that thing until the grooves go flat. I love them. Next is the Cobra wedges. Now, these are these wedges. I swear by them. I swear by them. I don't understand why people aren't really trying these out. The 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 type uh, that was the, the Voki wedges that Titleists make. I'm sure they're great. The Mac Daddy's the Callaway push out. I'm sure they're great as well. But people need to try the Cobra wedges. The feel, the 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 the, the results you get out of them. The spin. Come on. So I got a Cobra wedge. Cobra wedge 52, 56, and a 60. Do yourself a favor. If you can find, uh, if you can rent them, if you can grab one from your buddy, if you can get it from the used bin, try it. You will not be disappointed. And for the flat stick, now this is my baby. I love this thing. And I think you saw it and you were like, what the hell is that? It's this monstrosity of a club. Uh, it's uh, from a company called Even Roll from uh, Carlsbad. California, and it's uh, the Even Roll ER9. I'm gonna definitely put, I'm gonna post a picture of it. Uh, but this thing is freaking awesome. I'm not sure what happened with it because after just a few months, there was a lot of hype built up around it. But after a few months, um, you never heard from it again. Never. Um, 
but I was able to find, find someone on eBay that was willing to sell it and grab that thing before I, even, I did the buy now. I even bid for it. I was like, I needed it right then and there. And I love it. And I wouldn't not changing it. But uh, what, what's in your bag, Ed? All right. So I will preface this entire point that I am rather loyal to one brand and I do have tailor maids. That being said, I am a weekend warrior. My clubs are old, so deal with it. Um, yeah, so. But I mean, they, they, they work for you. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I have no complaints. I still go out once a week, maybe twice a week, and uh, mm-hmm. have some fun out there. So starting from the top, I have a tailor-made aero burner driver with a stiff shaft. It is at 9.5 degrees. And then my three and five wood are also tailor-made error burners <laughs> with the stiff shaft. So I guess at this point I'll go into my irons. So I carry a four iron through a nine. Um, they are all tailor-made arrow burners with the carbon <laughs> fiber arrow burner shafts. I carry a pitching wedge, an approach wedge, and a tailor-made 60-degree wedge. Additionally, I have a tailor-made sand wedge. And then, can you guess what kind of putter I have? Oh, God. Don't tell me it's a TaylorMade. No, actually, it's an Odyssey. Good try, though. Oh. <laughs> it's an Odyssey O-Works 1W with a steel shaft and, and that fat grip. You know, you, know, you know Odyssey is made by Callaway. You know that, right? Hey, you, own- know, you know, I have some, uh, some deviation in my bag. All right. We live. But, you know, they're all stiff shafts. I'm a huge fan of the carbon fiber shafts over steel. So much lighter. And uh, if you really know how to swing them and you're used to it, you hit them great. No, definitely. I feel like you got to you gotta use what works best for you. Um, I'm a big fan. Uh, now that I've been fitted for – well, I've been – I was fitted over a year ago. I highly recommend to anyone and everyone, please be fitted for your clubs. Um, but yeah, brand loyalty is a big thing for certain people. I mean, like you, like you pretty much told everyone, you're a big tailor-made fan. Why is that? Uh, I mean, I won't say there's any reason. My first set of clubs were tailor-made, and then both of my parents also played tailor-made clubs. When I hit my first first growth spurt I was obviously too small to play with my dad's clubs and the fact that he's lefty and I'm a righty so I actually at one point played with my mom's clubs for a little while until I upgraded my own set so Mm -hmm. I was then used to that tailor-made brand I know that it's quality when I get them and then when I was building a set I went uh, with the tailor-made burners so actually for anybody who's just trying to get into the game or is just on a budget Websites like eBay and Second Swing are fantastic places to get your clubs. So actually, when I upgraded my irons, I went to eBay and just searched men's right-handed iron set. And I was no joke able to get four iron through approach, brand new in the box, still with the plastic on, for like, I want to say 350 So you can't beat that price but yeah they're going to be last year's model they're going to be a few years old 
but they are still brand new clubs in the wrapper. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I try to save a dollar anywhere that I can. No, no, definitely. I mean, a a year or two aren't, in my opinion, isn't going to make too, too much of a difference. Again, just one, you got to figure out what your budget is. Don't want to, please do not go into debt over clubs. They are not worth it. And two, again, work with what you feel works best for you. But I with me, agree. Yeah, but for me, I don't have all that much brand loyalty. Um, my first set of clubs were Cleveland's. Uh, I actually went on eBay. I found a set for under 200 bucks. I think with shipping, it came out to 200. Freaking love those things. Um, after a while, I figured to myself, I, I found out something really funny it wasn't until i was working with a club pro because i was just slicing it so bad he told me and i didn't even know this that the the length of my irons didn't match my longest club was my eight iron and my, <laughs> my eight iron was longer than my four and i'm thinking to myself, oh my god and then my shortest club was my six iron that's so that's actually yeah. terrifying. That is not correct. Um, yeah. So, it, it, no, no, trust me. It gets worse. He grabbed the club. He would hit it on the, the, uh, the mat, and you could hear this little hollow sound. It's, it's really hard to explain, but he told me that the epoxy that they used to bond or, like, stick the club to the shaft what, had it set right and that any day or – with a hard enough swing, the club will the, the club head would detach from the shaft. Oh my. Yeah. So you actually just reminded me of a very good point when you're getting your clubs and not going into debt doing so. Just because you can afford a two thousand dollar set of irons doesn't mean that you're necessarily qualified to swing a two thousand dollar pair of irons. <laughs> I'd rather see for somebody, and especially as an amateur golfer, I'd rather go out and get a four or five, $600 pair. That's a very intermediate level pair, get them fitted and then use whatever leftover money I have in my budget to actually go get some lessons Mm -hmm. and get my swing fixed. Because whether you want to admit it or not, no matter how much you can say, yeah, I'm home taught, homegrown. You don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. The pro has at least half an idea what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So go invest in, four, five, six lessons, learn that muscle memory because that's what's actually going to get you through the game better than you just saying, I know what I'm doing. Because all that's going to happen is you're going to be pissed off every turn that you get. Mm -hmm. I mean, it took me about three to four months of nothing but slicing the driver before I realized I need lessons. I, I mean, it just had I, and I feel like I developed so many bad habits because of it. Swallow your pride. I know most men have a problem with, uh, you know, having, having someone help you just suck it up, get some lessons. Dom. I mean, once you get some lessons in like a month worth, I don't know. What do you think? Four lessons, a month's worth. Um, it, It depends how long you've been playing. If, in my opinion, if you've been playing, four, five, six years, Mm -hmm. 
What you also have to remember is that that pro is going to have to unteach all of your bad habits. Very true. Very and true. reteach that muscle memory. So I think that it's really – it's a pretty dynamic question to ask how many lessons because most people get a block of five to six to start out at a time. They go once or twice a week to meet with them. Uh-huh. Maybe they go home and they do a little bit of practice on their own to build it. But at the end of the day, I think you're most likely going to need 10 to 12 lessons to get a good idea of that muscle memory. Absolutely. I mean, you got um, at least for me, I actually went through four different coaches before I found someone that I actually clicked with. It, it, was, it, was, a, it was a rough process. The first coach I ever went with, great guy. It just, I, I, I can't put it, I just didn't feel comfortable around him not in like not in any bad way just like I I just I wasn't clicking with him the second coach I ended up going with was absolutely lazy he couldn't care less he would just sit in his chair the whole time and just tell me what I'm doing he wouldn't bother getting up out of that chair the third coach I had really great guy it was actually from someone at uh, a, a company called golf tech they use, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but they actually uh, strap sensors uh, onto your chest onto your, and onto your body to let you know what you're doing and what you need to correct it. I was, cool. a comp- yeah, I was absolutely amazed. And then he showed me how much lessons, because, you know, you know, with companies, unfortunately, like that, they need to lower the golf lessons, the introduction price before they bring you in for what it really costs to get, to get lessons from them. I'm not going to tell you how much it costs. It was a lot more than I was willing to spend. It was more than what I, what I was making at that time in a month. So Jesus. yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, but you get all this fancy technology, um, AC facility. Um, anyway, anyway. I was able to, after like scouring the earth or really just, you know, the internet, um, I was able to find a pro at my local Muni, how to go figure, right? Um, uh, his name was actually Roger Mass. Love the guy. Great guy. Um, taught me everything I know pretty much to, I owe everything to him. I'm not that great. I'm far from good when it comes to golf, but I owe him everything right now. But what I'm getting at is please get some lessons. Um, be prepared to not settle with the first coach that you get. Kind of experiment. Keep going from coach to coach until you find someone that you feel comfortable with. No, I, I cannot stress that enough. So I know that I think in our first episode, we kind of joked around about uh, – my time playing baseball back in the day, but you, oh, you play baseball. I know who would have thought. So actually <laughs> I was a pitcher and I would constantly go to see pitching coaches to work on my mechanics, learn to throw the ball harder, learn to throw my junk better and so forth. And nice. if you're not a baseball person, person junk is a ball. That's not a fastball, curveball, breaking ball, whatever it may be. Just that people don't think I'm doing some weird shit out here. No, that's exactly what we're thinking. I don't come from a baseball background, but yeah, exactly what I thought. Anyway, keep going. But but as I was saying, so at one point, one of my best friends grabbed me and he goes, hey, I'm going to see my uh, my pitching coach. 
do you want to come? He'll work you in. I think, I think he gave me a, a lesson for like 30 or 40 bucks. It was cheap. So I said, yeah, sure. Why not? 40 bucks for an hour. That's, that's like half the price of what my guy was. Yeah. So now keep in mind, my mechanics were spot on. I had a good velocity. I was throwing strikes. I was getting the job done. This guy takes one look at me halfway through a bullpen that I threw. And he goes, really? They're pitching you at all? And I'm wow. sitting there like, like, I'm not pitching bad. I'm throwing strikes. What, what's the problem? He goes, your mechanics are terrible. I'm sitting there like I've had five coaches who have told me exactly the opposite of that. So needless to say, I walked out of there saying, yeah, I'm not going back to this guy. And I went straight to my next coach. And I think I booked like a two hour session with him just to undo all the things that that guy tried to teach me because he actually didn't mess me up that much in one session. So Mm -hmm. finding a coach who you mesh with and who's willing to work with you the proper way is so important. Your coach, in my opinion, should be one of your friends. I'm not saying you have to go out and grab a beer with him after you're done with your lesson, but he should be somebody who is willing to listen to you and then work with you, not just saying, this is my way. This is how you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, one of the, one of the cra- the dumb things that I did when I first started playing golf is I, all right. So I played a little baseball, mostly little league, but I, I, when I first started playing golf, I can't, the first thing I did, it was a 10 finger grip, the baseball grip. And I told every coach, because I was so comfortable with that grip. I was like, do not change my grip. And everyone tried change. And uh, Roger was the only one that was like, all right, man, we'll work with it. It wasn't until like a little bit later that he, he kind of, you know, can, I, I don't want to say Yoda, but like he just convinced me eventually. Next thing you know, I'm doing the, so right now I do the overlap. And I think to myself, I tell, I tell him one of my last golf lessons, like, I don't know, for some reason I'm, I'm doing the overlapping. He goes, yeah, I know. He's like, what do you mean? I've been, I've been coaching you the whole time to use that. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. (laughs) I'm not sure what he did, but you know what? It it, it worked. It's working for me. I'm happy. Um, I actually tried reaching out to him and unfortunately I believe he's retired. Well-deserved, well-deserved. I mean, he's been working far longer than he needs to enjoy your retirement, Roger, uh, wish you nothing but the best, but you know, what's a golf, uh, quit equipment that I find absolutely fascinating aside from the driver is the golf ball. And I feel like the golf ball is one of the most controversial golf equipment, you know, devices, whatever you want to call it it's overlooked and uh, very controversial at the same time because you got, I believe it was 2001. I'm a little bit of a nerd when it comes to golf equipment. If you haven't noticed, Oh, but, we've noticed, you know what <laughs> in 2000, around the, the early two thousands Titleist came out with a pro V the, the pro V one. And this was one of the first, this, this golf ball actually before that time, players had to choose between a ball that was good for um, uh, good for distance or good for uh, playability. The Pro V1 was the first one that allowed you to do both. And since then, 
it's it's pretty much revolutionized golf and it's it's it actually sparked the uh, the debate are golfers hitting it too far that's a, that's a topic for another time i'm not here to tell you if golfers are hitting it too far i personally don't care i have more th- more more <laughs> important things to worry about than how far bryson DeChambeau hits the ball props to him if he wants to hit it 400 yards go for it but for me i will settle for just straight and in the fairway rather than in the rough but now now we have manufacturers like uh callaway coming out with their uh their chrome soft we have um my personal favorite kirkland that's right costco golf balls judge me all you want uh bridgestone uh, what, what, I mean, I, I personally use the Kirkland, like I said. What do you use, Ed? Uh, so, believe it or not, um, I normally play tailor-made golf balls. Wow. Or, yeah, you know, never saw that one coming. So Talk about it. I love the tailor-made balls when I can get my hands on them. The ones that I like even a little bit better, whatever is on sale at Tix, when I walk in and I'm able to buy two or three cases for 50 bucks, you mm. know, Normally when I go out, maybe I'll lose three or four golf balls. So it's not like I can't play the expensive golf ball, but at the end of the day, if I lose a cheap golf ball, I drop another, I hit it. I say, I don't care if I slice a Titleist into the woods. I'm kind of sitting there like, God damn, that was five bucks out in the woods now. But, and then you also have brands like vice golf balls Mm -hmm. that are actually guaranteeing you the same level of quality as a pro V one. For half the price. I've yet to actually get my hands on them and play with them, but they're on my list after I move. And once I don't have to worry about spending money on really stupid things right now, I'm going to get a few boxes and I'm going to try it because they always have a promotion and everybody that I've talked to absolutely loves them. And going back to the technology, there are hardcore balls for people who drive the ball longer and are want less forgiveness with the ball. But then for your average Joe golfer, there's the soft core balls that I I think they're max flex or whatever, maxi flex, whatever it may be. But there are these matte feeling balls that are actually designed to go further with your irons and with your driver. But Mm -hmm. because of that, they give or they get less spin on the ball. So you're not going to slice it as bad. You're not going to hook it. So you're able to hit. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. You're able to hit that up and down uh, approach shot, and then they putt pretty much like any other golf ball. And like I said, my favorite type of golf ball. They're normally on sale at Dick's because they're not that good at golf balls. But again, when you're getting 24 balls for 30 bucks, it's hard to complain. No, definitely. I mean, I've heard nothing the great things about vice and if anyone from vice is listening by all means i mean we're, we're currently looking for sponsors for anyone anyone and everyone um we'll play anything literally anything anything even noodle if anyone from noodle that's right the noodle golf ball wants to sponsor us fuck it sorry i didn't mean to curse but we God I will stamp i will stamp that on my bag right now noodle so that's right i play noodle Judge me all you want. Oh, I thought we were going to get to the tattoo that has a banner on your back. Uh, anyways. 
But like, <laughs> all right. So golf balls to me just absolutely astound me because they they can be if you choose to play the Pro V1, the Pro V1X. They are unbelievably expensive. We're talking fifty dollars for a dozen. And for you know my bachelor party when we played in Miami, I you know I wanted to be at my best because although I play the Kirkland, I play the Kirkland because of its uh, its price. But I, in my opinion, I have seen better results from the Pro V1. But it does come at a cost. And I lost all my Pro V1s before we finished the first nine, the front nine. So, I mean, I feel like at this point, I'm at a point in my um, my game, it doesn't matter what I play because I'm just not consistent enough to really matter. But these prices are absolutely crazy. Like the TaylorMade, like if it wasn't for Dick's, these big box brand stores – and they're, um, you know, these crazy low prices. I mean, would you really buy it? Well, what would you buy um, if all golf balls were 50 bucks? Or like, at, no, no, there were no sales. What would you buy? Uh, if there were no sales and I was going to be spending 30 to $50 a case, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd honestly be between either tailor-made golf balls or Titleist. I'd, because at that point, you know what you're getting is quality. Or mm-hmm. even the uh, even the Callaway golf balls, the Diablos. You know that you're getting quality from that brand. So if you're going to spend that kind of money, you might as well get the best, even if you're going to lose it. It's going to hurt a little bit more, don't get me wrong. And maybe by the, maybe by the end of the front nine, you're stopping at that turn and getting a few beers. But at least you know you're getting good quality and you can't blame the balls for what you're doing. You know, you think with 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 buying with spending that premium, with spending that much money on a ball, you'd play a little more conservatively. But no, we're just like let's like, grip it and rip it. Well, Jamie, do you want to know why that is? Because we suck. Bingo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I mean, um, I don't know about you, but my I used to be a big fan of Bridgestone. So the E6, I don't know if you've ever played it, but I, E6 was the perfect golf ball. Uh, in my opinion, it was slightly better. Like, I wasn't made aware of Kirkland until like just a few years ago. Actually, no, uh, last year. So before that, I used to just play the Bridgestone E6, which was not, ex- not as expensive as the Pro V1 or anything from Callaway, but better than a noodle. And it was perfect for, I mean, higher handicap golfers, people with slower swing speeds. And, um, but now that I'm, you know, now that I have a little bit better of a job, I can afford to pay for a little bit more expensive balls. But right now what I'm playing is a Kirkland. Uh, Every time I go to Costco, which is probably like twice a month, maybe I grab, uh, I grab a box and it comes actually in 24 pack. I'm not sure if anyone if anyone ever goes to Costco, grab a box. It's just over $20 for a 24 pack. And I have a crap load. Yeah. So, you know what I just thought about, you know, what's Mm -hmm. even better than the golf balls you pick up at the store. 
What's up? That feeling when you slice a ball into the woods and you go looking for it, and then you walk out with four or five more golf balls. Oh my God! Yeah. You know what? Sudden, suddenly, that sacrificed ball has brought new life. Uh huh. It's hard to argue with. You sat there, you march into the woods all pissed off. You come out with a smile on your face. Your buddy goes, "What are you smiling about, Mister Pissy Pants?" And you go, "I found six balls." (laughs) All right. It's life again. Get this. All right, 18th hole on on Saturday. Slice a ball. So I'm um I'm doing what you did. I'm anticipating a I'm anticipating a slice. End up hitting it dead straight. Goes straight into the woods. I end up fishing for my ball only to come out. So again, I I'm playing Kirkland. Come out with two Titleist Pro V ones and one uh, Taylor made. Pixel. I'm not sure if you've remember if you've seen those. It has like the little triangles where if you line it and you hit it, it makes that one line. Yeah, I believe I've seen those. So I Maybe. came out with three premium golf balls, and I'm like, all right, not 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 bad. I can live with that. And you're sitting there saying some guy had a real bad day right here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, I, 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 I I was okay. I was okay. I lost one, came back with three. Yeah, no, I would not be complaining. No, not at all. But, I mean, I, I think that's it for today, uh, unless you have anything. No, I'm good. Uh, at this point, all I can say is thank you for watching. Please feel free to check out our Instagram at In the Rough Golf Podcast. My personal one is Ed In the Rough Podcast. And mine is, yeah, I'll go ahead and do mine. Uh, Mine is Jamie in the rough. Yeah, feel free to check them out. Message us if you have any questions, comments, or if there's a topic you'd like to hear for another episode. Mm -hmm. As always, stay out of the rough, stay off the blacklist, and have a good night. See you, everyone. All right, take care, guys.